What's up you guys, it's Dog Talk with Holden. Hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes surrounding the Georgia Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Tuesday's um, practice as well. Got some good information that's coming out 
and a couple of the players were even saying that I think that Georgia's offense this year is going to be something that we haven't seen in a while. And, you know, if you take that at face value, what it, what the guy was saying is this is going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Is uh, If these guys can really come out and, and Todd Munkin is really getting that offense rocking and rolling here just in the short little bit of preseason before we kind of get rocking and rolling, man, it's it, it, only good things to come because I had a guy tell me the other day that since Jamie Newman has opted out, Georgia doesn't really have anything offensively. And I kind of thought about it for a minute. I was like, no, we still pretty much got everything that we had before him. We just lost one of the possibility of a few great quarterbacks in that room. You know, between Stetson Bennett, Carson Beck, JT Daniels, and Dewan Mathis, we're fine. We've got depth. Obviously, in that depth, JT gives you the experience playing at uh, USC. Obviously, he brings in a lot of that experience. Um, Playtime, playing. I had a snap count that I read a couple of days ago. Don't remember it off the top of my head. But he's the guy that comes in and he has the experience, uh, the wherewithal to know how to play in a game and in an atmosphere that's going to be much louder than what we're going to see at Fayetteville week one. Obviously, with that 20 to 25% capacity uh, that they've kind of put in, we're not really going to. We're not really going to get a lot of sound out of the stadium. Now, I do think, even though there's a small amount of people like that, don't get me wrong, noise is still going to be made, but not nearly to the magnitude that you're going to have when you have a 70 to 120,000, let's just say really a 70 to 100,000 uh, seat stadium that is full capacity roaring at you. I don't know exactly if we're going to have any sound boosted in there at Arkansas or at any game that we play. I, I know I've heard talks of teams doing that and if so so be it but I don't think that they can pump in enough that it's going to make it I mean I'm sure they could pump it in enough to make it loud but I don't really think that they're going to allow them to just go overboard with it where I think then even the fans themselves kind of have to you know you kind of lose some experience out of that just from that um but that's just you know that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles with it. I do think for some of the freshmen and some of the newer guys that are coming in, that's actually going to be a good thing. You know, Dewan Mathis, going back to our quarterbacks, has the brain surgery, is out the entire year last year, so doesn't get to get in. You know, I think the last time he saw a football field outside of obviously this offseason, a little bit at the end of last year, I think he bounced back enough to kind of be able to practice some, um, was was the G-Day, yeah, G-Day game last year. So, you know, he's, he's gotten that little bit of experience in front of a crowd like that. And I think Kirby even said that they had some people in the stands kind of watching some of the practices, maybe this week, maybe last. Not exactly sure how it lined up. So he has played in front of some people, not nearly the magnitude of what is to come, even in the limited ca- capacity that we're going to have uh, throughout this season. But I still think, um, like I say, I don't think it's going to affect them as much. But I still think that DeWan is going to be – uh, really good in that spot and and I think I've said this before but me personally I haven't heard anything on JT Daniels I know Kirby has said multiple times they believe by Saturday's start um, or at least by the game Saturday they'll know and it's going to be a game time decision whether or not he can or can't go they said they don't anticipate him not being able to play otherwise they wouldn't be practicing him now we'll see you know all that boils down to Saturday um, on what Kirby decides to do do we put him in? Do we not? Obviously, if he's not cleared by doctors to go in, then he can't. And all this comes to, because I think it was August last season, beginning of the season, he tears his ACL. And when he came to Georgia, um, I believe he was here by January. I'm not 100% on that. I think he was, though. Um, 
may have been later. I think it actually may have been May, excuse me. But in January, they had to go back in and do surgery again, I think, to kind of straighten some stuff out. So really, you're talking about nine, basically nine months removed from that second surgery on that ACL or whatever the situation was there with his knee. So even though he brings that experience to the table, he's still beat up. You know, he, he still has taken taking a lot of beating on that leg, and uh, I know they've been rehabbing it and getting everything worked. We'll see when, when game time comes, just like Kirby said. But me personally, like I've said in the past, I do think DeWan is going to get the start in this, um, not only because I think he's a great player, uh, but I think that's just kind of the smart move. Even though JT's come in, and don't get me wrong, I also think if JT's cleared, we're going to see both of them. You may even see Carson Beck come into this game. We'll get into later kind of some of the lines on this game and how things look, but for me at least – I think you're going to see both of the guys play in Saturday's game against Arkansas. Like I said, I think DeWan gets the start. He, from what I've been reading and seeing, is the guy who has the mobility. He's the guy who, if the pocket collapses, boom, he can get out. He can go left, he can go right, he can throw on a dime um, while also on the run. Watched a couple of videos of that, kind of coming to uh, George Pickens earlier. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, back to what I was saying earlier, I'm kind of all over the place starting this thing off. Sorry, but... Um, had a guy telling me, you know, George is not returning a lot. No, we lost JT Daniels, and really I don't know if you could say we lost it because I was reading earlier that Kirby said, you know, the entire time before he opted out, he really wasn't in because he had been battling his own kind of injuries, I believe. And then he was in for maybe a week or two before deciding to opt out. So it does kind of bring up, I wonder, you know, maybe he was kind of beat out before he even really got rocking in it. Um, regardless, doesn't matter. All, all, you know, best wishes to him on – uh, going on to the draft but Georgia still got wide receivers uh, we've got a heap load of them you know last year I think before the season we started going man who are we going to throw to after Miko left uh, after Riley Ridley left you know you lose a couple of these guys and you start to go who are we throwing to well we got a couple guys George Pickens came in uh, Dominique Blaylock came in uh, Demetrius Robinson obviously Blaylock's out with ACL ACL injury again unfortunately for this season but you had a couple guys step up, and I think you got a couple more guys that are stepping up coming into this season as well. So the wideout position is not a fault. Uh, the O-line, we lost a couple of guys, but I do think we've got a lot of competition going on on the O-line as well. I was actually reading a little bit about it earlier, um, that there is still an ongoing you know, competition getting that O-line set. But I think enough of these guys are getting enough reps in that position that we're going to feel right back in where we should. Um, so I think we're good on the O-line. Running backs, Zeus, James Cook, McKinney. I mean, we got McKenzie Milton. Um, we've got guys back there that can run the ball. Now, do I think you take a step down from where you had it at DeAndre Swift in the years previous that? You had Elijah Holyfield there. You had Brian Harry in there as well last year. Holyfield, obviously, the year before that. But then before that, you got Sony and uh, Nick. So, We've always had a hot, you know, a really good runner in there. The only downfall to this year is James Cook has gotten a few carries in the in the last year, and uh, I think I think Zamir got a few last year as well. You know, he was beat up the year previous, so these guys don't have nearly the experience as what you would want coming into this year. But I do believe that these guys are still going to step up in a big way and make a difference. Um, again, wideouts were fine, and I think in this uh, quarterback room, we're going to find that things are good. All of this also comes down to buying into Todd Monken's offense, and I think they bought in. I think you, you're you probably going to see a lot more through the air, but I, I'm excited, you know, reading what the guy said earlier. I forget, it may have been the Kobe Dean um, 
maybe it was him. I'll look back in just a little bit and see if I can find it exactly. But he said that this is an offense that you've never seen before coming out of Georgia. So, hey, LSU's offense last year was something I'd never seen come out of LSU, really never seen come out of the college football at all, much less the SEC, because they were such a powerhouse. Um, but, hey, if we can push anything like that. And uh, one of the things that I think is not really being – talked about is Georgia's defense now people say yeah yeah they should have a pretty good defense but if you look at like the all SEC team um, Georgia gets two guys in there that being Jordan Davis and Richard LeCount two great great defensive guys but I think that they should get a lot more credit you know if, if this is supposed to be the best team not only in the SEC as far as defense goes but possibly even in the nation why aren't we getting you know a little bit more credit for that I don't think it boils down to just those two guys I think you got a couple other guys in there uh, Aziz Ojalari He's a big one. you got a couple other guys, Jacoby Dean, that's also on that side of the ball. You've got guys in there that I think that can make a huge difference, um, and we'll see. I think the defense loses really nothing. We uh, we lost a couple guys, obviously, but I don't think that we're going to take too much of a step back. Um, and a lot of that goes into, I think, this year, uh, having Dan Lanning's all, our defense in play for a year that was really good last year. I think this year, just another step up. And uh, I think this year we're going to start to wreak havoc not only on running backs maybe in the backfield getting some tackles for loss, but as well as a quarterback, at hopefully start to rack up some more sacks and actually get into the backfield more this season than we have in the past couple of seasons. Um, one other piece of news that I've got here is Trey McKitty is pretty doubtful for the Saturday game, uh, so I don't expect to see him. Even if I think even if he was able to come back for Saturday, I think we're going to rest him, and you're not really going to see him get in any this weekend. Um, but they do expect him to be back for the Auburn game, which is good. Another reason that I think that you would really want to sit him for the Arkansas game and have him there in week two uh, against Auburn there. We'll, we'll be back at home, luckily, playing at 7.30 on ESPN there again October 3rd. So that's a couple of things for us. Uh, looking through some of the email that I had earlier coming out of the press conference, um, you know, Smart and Pittman, uh, talked a little bit about Pittman he knows you know they've got a really close relationship not much conversation between them before getting into this um, but he does know that they've got things there Arkansas has been at the bottom of the SEC here for the past few years three four years maybe even longer than that um, so but it's, I will say it's not something to look over you know Sam's got a lot of work to do down there especially in his first year I don't really expect him to take too much of a tick up I do expect him to win a game but you, you're playing a 10-game SEC conference. Do not expect them to really win more than one, maybe two. Um, so we're going to see kind of how things shake out there. So he's got he's got a lot of work ahead of him. He does have uh, Felipe Franks coming in at quarterback. If you know me, you've known not just because he's from Florida, because I give a lot of praise to Kyle Trask because I think he's a really good quarterback. Felipe Franks, on the other hand, is he's got the build. He just doesn't have the head for it, me personally. And uh, – I actually heard this, and I yeah, I'm taking some of this from a good friend of mine uh, who told me the same thing, and I believe it 100% because the kid does have it. And who knows, this year he could come out and just throw the ball all over the place. But uh, they've got a good running back down there as well, and Rakeem Boyd, and uh, I think they've got a couple of wideouts as well. So, and and Kirby's never gonna you know come out and say, oh yeah, I think we're just gonna beat the snot out of them. I don't think they're a really good team, um, rightfully so, because I don't think Arkansas is a bad team, but I also believe that Georgia can handle this hopefully and pretty much in an easy way I'm gonna take a look just to make sure I've got some of the information that I was looking at earlier correct so we can uh, move forward with a couple of other things um, of course
quarterback situation we pretty much talked about. They did talk about travel and game day time. Uh, that basically it's all going to boil down to Friday. They're going to test everybody before they get. I don't know if they're taking a plane or a bus down to. I think it may be a plane down to Fayetteville. Um, they're going to test everybody then. If they get on and they test negative, they can get on and they go. And I think once they get there, they're tested again. Now, if any other positive cases start to come up, obviously they have to stay back and we reevaluate what happens from there. I think a lot of teams are taking the same caution. I know Alabama is pretty much testing every day uh, to make sure that everything's fine, especially come game week like this that we're in. Hallelujah, finally game week. So we're going to see how things shake out with that. Um, I know that they've been smart as far as working on things uh, to make sure that everything goes well there. Fingers crossed to that. I have not really heard any kind of really any chatter out of Georgia. Now, you've got a couple other programs, Tennessee. Um, I know they've been ate up with an Ole Miss. Uh, I think even LSU. I know Ed O at one point said that most all of his team has actually contracted the virus. Um, now, whether, uh, again, I think we said this the last time, that doesn't mean that they all got it at the same exact time. So don't take that as, okay, everybody on their team has got the virus. No, this is over a span of, you know, a long time, you know, a long time between probably the start of this thing and to now. Um, so don't think that just because it says that they've got it uh, means that they all got it in one week or within 48 hours. That's not the case. Um, we talked a little bit about the crowd noise earlier. Yep, talked about a little bit of our wide receivers. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we got a tough, t tough couple stretches. I do think that I'm hoping that we can come into this game uh, pretty much injury-free. I know we've got a couple before the season starts that I went through last week on a few of our updated injuries. Um, Trey McKitty was the latest as far as, you know, he had that knee injury a couple of weeks ago. Should, again, be back hopefully next week um, on that. But we're going to hope we can come into this Arkansas game, get your starters in there, hopefully get up enough to be able to get some backup in there, get experience all around so everybody has got, you know, gets an opportunity to get in the game. And if you know Georgia, especially on the defensive side, we play a lot of guys, which is good. It's good for experience. It's good for these new guys to get in there and get that because you need depth, especially in a year with this pandemic and everything that's going on. Because, I mean, at any point, one guy gets it, boom, he's out. Same thing with the quarterbacks. That's one good thing I am glad about having four guys, um, even though each I think each step you kind of take a, a notch down. And when I say that, I'm not knocking on anybody, but it is if you take JT, for example, starting off, experience, great. One notch below that is you got one Doesn't have experience, but you can kind of give it a tick up because he does have that ability to scramble. Carson Beck, same thing. Got a powerhouse arm. Doesn't have the experience. Got a little bit of scramble ability, but not quite so much. Again, a step down. And then you get down to Stetson. Unfortunately, who is at the bottom of this pile? But I do know that he's also a good guy. He's a good player. He wouldn't be on Georgia's roster if he wasn't. He is one of the main ones, if not the main one, who is scout team uh, that goes out there and kind of gets some stuff stuff started for the dogs. And I believe they use him. Maybe it was in the 2017 game against uh, Ohio State. No, excuse me, Oklahoma, where we played in the Rose Bowl. I think they used him as basically Baker Mayfield. And so that means he's able to kind of run around and do a few other things there as well. Uh, let's see, D-Rob, we talked a little bit about him. I think he's going to have to step up in a big way. I already know he will, but I think he's going to have to step up in a big way uh, to make a difference on that offensive side of things. I know they said that George Pickens has gotten a lot better. He's starting to get smarter. He's starting to mature more, and that's what you got to do. Progressing forward in all aspects of the game, you have to uh, continue to move forward. 
sorry, I was just kind of checking on some numbers that I want to run through in just a little bit. Yeah, pretty much got through all this. I'm going to go through um, my other line right here that I have pulled up just a minute. And I'm doing this all on my own. Obviously, so I'm kind of back and forth between a few different things. Um, what I was pulling up here, though, I want to go through one other thing, talking about practice on Tuesday, which would be yesterday when you're hearing that. Uh, yeah, talked a little bit about that. Nicobe Dean, yep, third back. He's got a good, good camp that's been going on. Uh, but anyways, what I was pulling up was I'd seen where there has been a pretty large swing um, in some of the lines. And I'm going to pull it up here for you guys just so that way you can see it. You may or you may not care, but I'm going to throw it up here anyways. This was as of Sunday night, what I'm going to pull up here for you. This was the, uh, I got it marked on there, the bet lines, but it was basically the line between what they thought it was going to be. Again, this is Sunday night, and the numbers have changed pretty drastically in uh in a couple of these, um, the main one, well, really all of them, have changed, I think, by about four points. Some of them have moved. But the Georgia-Arkansas game is no longer 22. Should have updated this before I got rolling. It has now moved up to 26.5, which actually makes a difference for me, at least. And I'll tell you why. Kind of once we get towards the end of this, um, just because that's, that's if I was putting money on a game or betting, you know, that's up to you guys, whatever you guys do. That makes it a little bit closer to what I was thinking the score may end up being at the end of this one. Again, we'll get to that kind of closer to the end of it. Um, we've gone through a, a good bit of this stuff so far, what what I wanted to, which is good. Uh, one good thing about DeJuan Mathis playing under uh, Jake Fromm last year is he did at least get a little bit of that headspace, knowing, hey, you got to stay calm. When you do get in a situation, um, you, you just got to kind of – keep your head and keep your wits about you not only because anything can happen in the game but uh the good thing about jake Fromm, love him or leave him whatever you felt about him the guy was a great game manager it's kind of all that boils down to it he was a great game manager and you know that's one good thing that J uh that dewan as well as jt jt obviously didn't get to work with him any last year but dewan you know he got to be right there up under him so he will actually get to have that experience of knowing at least what uh, what Jake kind of was going through there in his head. So that's pretty much all I want to hit as far as some of the pressers go and, and some of the stuff from Tuesday's uh, deal there. What I do want to do real quick is I want to go through uh, the top 10 that did come out just a couple of days ago. Really, I don't think there was any change outside of they have. I didn't mark it on here because I would rather just keep it simple. They have Texas tied with Auburn at eighth and A&M still at tenth. So nothing really changes in your top ten. I kind of keep it simple. Keep Texas in the nine spot. I get that they're tied in points. Just keep it where it is. One thing I did notice about the top 25, same thing, I'm going to pull it up here for you as well, is that in that top 25, and if I can get it to pull up real quick, boop, there we go, you're going to notice no Big Ten. The Big Ten did find themselves in the coaches poll, but they're not in the top 25 AP poll. You've got a couple of things moving there. Um, a couple of guys dropping out of that after some losses, and Marshall was the only one really that popped in out of the top 25 from last year after beating. Let's see, who did Marshall beat last week? They upset App State, was it? Yeah, I think it was App State, so I'll kind of keep that simple. I'm going to go back to just our top 10 here because we have a lot of uh, – a lot of our SEC does come into the top ten there. Um, but that's kind of, you know, a little bit of a run through of your top 
10 and if you wanted to go back and look at that and look at your top 25 that's kind of what we're dealing with one of the things that i noticed and i talked about last week was you have got a lot of ranked games that georgia's going to play just looking at it starting the season you know i should have updated these numbers also on the ap poll for this week obviously that was one of the things that i didn't do and really the only change is let's see kentucky doesn't move uh, tennessee falls one spot and that's it so hey take tennessee and instead of having them 15th put them at 16th that's the only difference coming into week one as things continue forward um we'll take a change in them but you know i mean what can you really do about it outside of that so let's see uh previewing saturday's game we're here three days away the dogs open up as a 26 and a half point favorite like i said earlier i'll pull these numbers back up for you even though they're incorrect which i'm kind of mad at myself for not straightening that out uh, but i'll at least go through them here and talk to you about them uh, georgia is now actually a 26 and a half point favorite favorite uh, the bama mizzou game let me see here bama is now a 27 point favorite so a pretty good swing there uh, florida Ole miss that game is now 14 and a half couple of point change on that tennessee south carolina is still a three and a half point so that's the same kentucky and auburn is still a 10 and a half point mississippi state lsu is now 16 and a half so that has actually dropped a little bit they're expecting mississippi state to keep that one a little bit closer probably coming with a lot of these opt-outs that lsu has come through uh the bandy a and m game is now at 31 so that one a few of them have ticked up a couple of them have stayed the same and uh one of them i think has dropped obviously in that uh, lsu mississippi state game so that's kind of running through at least our lines there that i wanted to run through uh, a couple of other things to run out of uh, your SEC is, uh, I think Alabama, LSU, maybe even Auburn. They've uh, they've announced all their starters. They put their depth chart out for Week One. Um, that's not going to happen for Georgia. You may see some, but you're not going to see anything come out about your quarterbacks. And more than likely, knowing Kirby, that's not going to come out until maybe the Friday, maybe Friday, maybe we'll see. More than likely, that's not going to come out until Saturday until game time. Um, when it comes to my pick of the week. Uh, now that that line is at 26 and a half and that is why i say it kind of makes a bit of a difference um because all it takes really for me now is a field goal whereas what it was was like i said 22 when i had it up on the board when i looked at it sunday um i'm picking i'm picking georgia to win this one 38 to 10. i think georgia really gets things ramped up i think todd munkin starts to get that offense rolling um i i would and i wouldn't be surprised if georgia puts maybe 50 points on the board would love to see it would be awesome i do think that defense is going to be strong enough to hold them to 10 maybe 13 points and that 13 points would be the difference maker in obviously a 26 and a half point game and a 22 point game if i call it 38 to 10 if it's 38 to 10 you're good in all the ways take george on it with the win obviously and uh take that over on 26 and a half or then was 22 but now 26 and a half um let's see yeah that's kind of how i got it lined up there i was looking to see what i had on this other deal 38 10 georgia go dogs we're gonna get it here we ran through some of the week one lines there uh, the game of the week to me is going to be the tennessee south carolina game that was one of the ones that stayed the same at uh three and a half it's gonna be a close one and it's at south carolina it's your prime time game there at 7 30 it's gonna be on the sec network I think a lot of eyes are going to be on that one being later in the 
night, you know, that's just kind of how it goes as far as it being at 7.30. So that's going to be the game of the weekend for me, at least, in the SEC. you got other games in the uh, country that are going to be going on. I'm primarily going to keep things to the SEC. Occasionally I'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff outside of the SEC, but for the most part I kind of want to keep it uh, in-house to kind of keep things simpler. Looking forward to seeing how that one shakes out. If I look back to see kind of what my picks were in that, I think I got Tennessee winning that one. South Carolina, yeah, I got them winning it. I think it's going to be a close one. Three and a half is a pretty good number. Um, I do think Tennessee is actually going to win that one probably by a touchdown, maybe even 10 uh, to give them, you know, I could see it being 28, 17, 27, 17, something like that. Um, but I do think Tennessee is going to pull that one out. Wouldn't put any money on that one as far as it being a three and a half point game. Um, but looking forward to it, like we said earlier, three days until the game. Um, y'all, y'all, you know, shoot me a message or what have you, what you guys think about these new uniforms that are coming through this year. One thing I was excited about, not only seeing the throwback to the 80s um, championship series, you know, that solid white with the patch and everything uh, and, the, and the red pants, that, that looks really slick to me. I like that kind of throwback style. But the blackout jerseys, the fact that they have come out and shown them to me means they're going to wear them. And uh, I know it's been a long time since we have. I think for the past couple of years, we've really looked forward to them hopefully, you know, popping it out. And I know Kirby said in the past, you don't need that. And you shouldn't need all of the extra uh, to be able to, you know, get you guys fired up for a game. Um, but I'll tell you what, there were a few years, I say a few years back, it's been a while back now, I believe, uh, when, when Georgia played Auburn and we had the blackout game in Athens. And when they ran out of that tunnel, you talk about a loud stadium. That, um, that's kind of one of the reasons I really think that I would like to hear, you know, uh, just again, me personally, that I would like to see them wear that, that blackout jersey. When it's going to come, I don't know. We at least do know of the other. And uh, one other thing that I think we're going to miss this year because I don't think that they're allowing the band to come into the stands in the stadium in the SEC. Maybe that'll change. Um, last I heard, that's what it was. I don't know that 100%. Uh, but maybe it'll change. We'll see kind of how things shake out with it. You know, that is kind of what it is. Uh, so we'll see. But this is one thing. I know you're going to miss that, being able to hear that if they do or do not decide to. Uh, bring the bands in. I'm hoping, you know, by the time we start to get into, you know, mid-season, maybe even earlier than that, that they decide to let our dogs come in and play um, for us because I would love to hear the band. It makes a big difference in the game. I know some of these smaller schools, they put them, you know, kind of higher up in the stands to be able to uh, give room for your other guys that are sitting around. We'll see. Um, I would hate to miss them because another thing that you're going to hate to not hear... That's it right there. It's, it's really going to be kind of difficult not to be able to hear the fight song. And I'm sure maybe they'll play it through the PA system. I'm not exactly sure it, you know, how that will line up for them and how they may or may not want to do it there. But it would be weird for sure if we go through the season and uh, we don't actually get to hear the fight song through it. Again, I don't think that's something they're going to end up doing. I'm sure they'll uh, end up piping it through. Maybe so. We'll kind of see. Um, I definitely don't want to have to do without the bands. I think that would be... Uh, a big a big loss and a big miss for our dogs but you know that's kind of it i got a couple of shout outs here that i want to do shout out to Paige huey 
makes some of the best salsa I've ever had. Uh, and I'm fairly certain that, that every jar that she sells, um, a portion of it, if not all of it, goes to Mission. So helping out Mission Works there is, is a great cause as well as you get great salsa. I'm hoping I can get some before this weekend where I go and hang out with a few guys and we watch football uh, pretty much all weekend and uh, get some get some of that good salsa. Y'all y'all hit her up for some salsa. Um, one of the other things is shout out to the SEC football app. If you guys hadn't downloaded it, should have got it where I could pull it up on the screen for you here. Um, but they give you all the scores, news in and around your team. Uh, and then they've also got audio. You hit the audio button there, which I think is right next to the scores. You can scroll through and see all kind of podcasts uh, that are on it. And a lot of them are team-based. You do have some that are SEC-based where it just talks about SEC. And uh, one of the podcasts that I do outside of just uh, dog talk is SEC Talk, where, again, we just talk about SEC football. It's on there. Um, so you guys go and check out that out. Um, that is another good one to check out and enjoy there. Again, like I think I've said in the past, that is pretty much all that I've got for you guys this evening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if you guys don't mind, uh, give it a share. You know, share it for me because uh, I'd really appreciate it. Let guys know about it, and uh, you know, hopefully we can kind of continue to move this thing. Sorry, this thing does not want to, doesn't want me to uh, finish up with what I was trying to do right here. I've got to type something in to be able to save what I wanted to save, so we don't lose any kind of information here because I definitely don't want to do that um, like I said again you guys I appreciate you guys listening and uh, I'm gonna end with the same way I introed this making this video and kind of some sound work here uh, that I did that I hope you guys enjoy appreciate you guys listening sharing and talking uh, about it a little bit and uh, outside of that that's all I got for you this evening look forward to the game coming up Y'all check out SEC Talk as well. Uh, we're going to do our picks later on this week before we get into the start of the season on Saturday. Go dogs! Back Michelle, the only thing to say is Georgia's better than us. That's all you can say. They uh, they dominated both sides. Special teams had more big plays. They just better than us. That's all you can say. They outcoached us, outplayed us, and give them credit. This is their day. Day belongs to the Bulldogs. Somebody went up high with it.